If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. There's no purpose in teaching anybody who don't really want to learn, who really don't want to get to it. Everybody want to play entrepreneur. They don't want the sacrifice that come with this shit. Hmm. Truly, nights, early You're going to lose friends, lose girlfriends, family going to call you crazy, not going to believe in you, then you make it, and then everybody going to be like, I'm proud of you, let me get some money. What I've realized that wealthy people understand, mm-hmm. and people in general, it's the small concepts that you can apply to get wealthy. You don't got to be super smart and got to know all the intricacies of real estate or taxes or e-commerce or whatever, trucking, whatever it is. It's good if you want to be rich in that business, but you don't need to know that. You don't need to know everything. You just need to know small, basic concepts. Mm -hmm. And one of the smallest basic concepts that anybody can understand is get money by income. Mm. Get money by more money. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste some good food on place. Hello, 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 hello everyone. Uh, thank you for having us, Nart Folk. I just want to say... Since we touched down, we've been feeling really warm and welcomed here. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's just been really inviting. Uh, My name is Jalen Clark. I am one of the founders of Black Wealth Renaissance. Um, Our organization and our business, we have a focus on some of the same principles the mayor just was talking about. Um, Really entrepreneur, uh, fostering that entrepreneur spirit, understanding that we are creative, that we are uh, the best and the cream of the crop but we also need to teach this to our kids. We need to show them that they're just not meant to be entertainers, they're not just meant to be athletes, but they can do so much more uh, for themselves and for their communities. Yep. So my name is David Bellard. I'm also one of the founders of Black Wealth Renaissance. And our brand started about four years ago now. And we started, I know the mayor mentioned the city of location. We started at my boy grandma's house, right? in the back room, getting it out of the mud, straight out of college. And from there, we've been able to grow to one of the premier business podcasts in the world. We're a, we have a social media platform that's impacted over half a million people just through content that we've been able to create online. And we've been able to create a six-figure business from leveraging the podcasting industry and growing in this industry. So. Before we get into a few other things, we just want to kind of talk about the podcast industry and let you know about the opportunity and how you can start growing and scaling your own podcast. Because we started the podcast itself in May 
No, I'm sorry. March. March of 2019. And now we're on the Revolt Podcast Network. We're one of the premier shows on their network. And we're continuing to push out this message and continuing to grow and scale our brand. So we just want to help people do the same. So I, so, um, I do want to go into some of the opportunities into podcasting. Um, it is an industry that has been around for quite some time, um, but people are actually starting to access and starting to tap into uh, the podcasting realm. What's special about podcasting is it's completely auditorial, um, so it's different from actual social media and YouTube. Uh, you can just consume it while you're driving, while you're cooking, while you're working out, and you don't actually have to be fully attentive to the actual video content. You can just... Uh, you can really consume it while you're doing multiple things, right? And that's what makes this realm so special because a person can do multiple things while consuming your content. And it gives business owners and uh, sponsors the opportunity to really become authorities in a certain space on particular topics. Um, so for a business owner, right? Um, I know we met some CPAs, we met some lawyers today, right? Let's say you want to be a podcast who's talking about how to properly structure your business. And you can go through different business, uh, business scenarios and you can teach business owners, okay, this is how some of my clients may have failed. I would keep everything, you know, discretionary. Don't put out any uh, information that doesn't need to go out there. But you can use those case studies to build your following and people can actually learn from past experiences. Once you start to grow and build that audience, now they're like, okay, I've seen what they've done, and they also gave me solutions. On the sponsorship side, um, you can actually sponsor or create a segment with someone who's already established in the podcasting uh, realm. And one of the things that's really cool about podcasting, if you are an advertiser, is if someone's listening to a podcast, they listen to Majority of the listeners, 65% of the listenerships, listen to the full show. Think of that compared to Instagram where you're scrolling every three seconds, you're on someone else's page. You have that listener's ear for 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, and 65% of your listenerships are going to consume the full episode. So if you're an advertiser, that's really powerful because now you're able to get in front of really engaged and really active consumers. And just to add to that, right, when it comes to the podcast, because it's such an intimate form, think about it, like he mentioned Instagram, think about it versus music. You may listen to a song, you may stream a song 10 times, and it's two, three minutes long. Think about the benefit for this for advertisers where this is something that somebody's going to listen to for over an hour because they're going to gain some valuable information or they're going to be entertained. There are different ways that you can go about creating your podcast and it can serve different purposes. But the, at the end of the day, when we're talking about growing, scaling, and monetizing, the monetization part is what a lot of people want to get to with podcasting. And monetization comes from a few different realms, right? You're talking about advertising. You're talking about product placement. You're talking about actually creating segments, as Jalen mentioned, where you can mention a brand. You can get sponsors on your podcast and do live reads. And I like to, to bring it back because people think that you need to have one of the biggest shows in the world to have advertisers and sponsors. But in order for your podcast to be considered a top 1% podcast, how many listeners do you think you need to have? You, you'd be... 
you'd be surprised. It's what, it's like 300? It's 300 listeners. 300 listeners per episode. 300 listeners per episode. Of all the podcasts in the world, the reason these numbers are the way they are, this is a blue ocean, guys. There's so much opportunity here because so many people start something, they make a couple episodes, oh man, ain't nobody listening. And then they put it down and they want to do it no more. But you have to be focused on continuing to provide value to people and adding value in that way. Now, whenever we're talking about growing a podcast, there are several ways that you can actually market yourself. For us, it's a bit different than a lot of people. We started on social media. So our podcast became an extension of our social media profile. At the time, we already had organic marketing. We had over 20,000 followers. But what we noticed is social media doesn't necessarily always convert to actual listenership. So one of the best ways that you can start growing your listenership is through cross collaborations with people who have their own brands and businesses. Everybody loves to talk about themselves. Can we, can we agree on that? Everybody loves talking about themselves. So whenever there's somebody that's doing something that's making motions and making waves, you can get this person on your podcast easier than it would be if you would DM them or call, try to be like, hey, can I pick your brain? Nah, I'm not really interested in that. But would you be on my podcast is a completely different value add because now you're giving them an opportunity to expose their message and immortalize their message for people because this is something that they can, anybody can listen to on their own time in perpetuity. So people will gladly join your podcast and they'll promote it for you with their own audience, with their own platform. If they got an email list, they'll send it to them. If they have their own social media profile, they're going to tell people. And what that does is amplify your message and start to get you out there. Now, there are other ways that you can continue to grow. Obviously, you can do paid marketing. Uh, I'm a big proponent of things like this, where you go out and you talk to people. Word of mouth is the best marketing at the end of the day. You tell people about your podcast. You tell them about what you're missing and your message is. And it will start to, people will gravitate toward things that add value. Our mission and our message with Black Wealth Renaissance is we want to normalize black wealth and provide people with resources to attain and maintain wealth in our community. So that message, that mission in itself is something that people can buy into. So whenever you're talking about building and growing a podcast, that's one of the things I want people to consider is what is your mission, message, and purpose behind it? Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Also, I just want to get into some of the money that can be made in the podcast. Uh, the podcast industry is a $14.8 billion industry, $14.8 billion industry. And uh, there are other ways for you to make money 
um, besides just being behind the mic. Um, a lot of times people might think that, yo, I need to start the show to actually make money, but I want to give you some non-behind-the-mic roles uh, that you can do and start to support a podcast. There's audio editing. You can become an audio editor because the, the talent, they don't have enough time to actually go ahead and do the editing and worry about curating the content, getting guests. Um, another thing is post-production, right? If that uh, podcast is a video-enabled podcast, they're going to be actually needing post-production. So they might have blemishes, they might have things that's happening during the podcast that they're gonna need edited. You can be an audio technician. So during the podcast, you can have a setup like this where you're making sure that the levels are correct. You're making sure that there's no interference, that all the guests are coming through correctly. Um, there's also fact checkers. So if you're having a podcast where you're giving people a lot of information, you can go through and you can be a fact checker. You can be a scripter. You can write out a show. Because people think of podcasts as simply interviews, and that's not true. There's so many forms of podcasting. There's dialogues. There's um, very theatrical-style podcasts where you can dramatize it, right? And instead of just having... A visual, you can have an actual theatrical podcast where you go through and give people a play. Um, there's also uh, the marketing side, right? So once again, as David stated, you need marketers to get your podcast to keep on growing. So you can become a marketer for them. If you have a marketing firm already, that can be something that you add on as a service. Understanding, hey, there's so much more to this industry, right? And then one of the last things that I kind of want to get into is understanding that it is a blue ocean. I want to give you guys some numbers to leave with. In the podcast industry, there's 2.4 million active podcasts, right? How many active YouTube channels do you think there are? You can say it louder. There's 38 million YouTube channels. 2.4 four million compared to 38, 38 million. There's only 66 million podcast episodes total compared to 800 million YouTube channels. I mean, sorry, videos. So it's so wide open that you can still get in, you can find your lane, and you can really dominate. And on that note, we're going to actually bring up Ms. Blair and her husband, Mr. Bashir, and we're gonna talk about um, the beginnings of Black Brand and how Black Diamond Weekend became about. These guys are amazing. <laughs> Shout out Thank to you. you all. Thank you. By the way, this is just a black brand way of doing things. We don't do anything unless there's some content. And have your beverages, have your meal. We're gonna have some content. I love y'all matching too. Y'all look amazing. Yeah. Excellence, yes. Thank you guys so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Definitely appreciate you having us. So Blair and Bashiri, just to get right into it, black brand is an amazing brand. I appreciate you all for bringing all these beautiful and amazing black-owned businesses together and creating something in Norfolk for our people, well, Hampton Roads and really Virginia, creating a chamber of commerce to help businesses grow and scale. So I just want to ask you, 
to get started, what was the origin and what made you even start to build this in this community? Babe, I'm going to let you speak first. See, she's breaching uh, protocols, usually ladies first, but I understand because she's um, often with the mic. And I'm usually very comfortable uh, in this space, but she's kind of got me a little jittery, looking so wonderful to my right in this, in this sorbet raspberry get-up. Looking like some sorbet, I'm ready to obey. You understand what I'm saying? Got me sweating hotter than a jalapeno hooker on a 90-day summertime. Oh, my God. Lord have mercy, but um, um, it's, it's definitely been a labor of love, and um, I appreciate all of you. Uh, this is uh, definitely uh, the pinnacle of what we do day in and day out, to see you all together and to congregate, and you all kind of actualizing all of that innate genius and potential that is native to our melaninated experience and then platforming that and then understanding that the real currency uh, is our connection, right? And the real revenue are our relationships. And so I'm definitely graced and I'm definitely privileged to be sitting here between, with my illustrious wife and with you all here. And um, the beginning of Black Brand was just, it was born out of angst. It was. It was born out of anger. It was born out of frustration with what we were seeing uh, socially and what was being propagated on the media and, and black men, women, and children uh, being victimized and gunned down and, and you know, and uh, just a burden that something needed to be done and something um, that would be impactful and something that, that would be lasting and something that would have a legacy. And so we understood that there, needed to be some kind of economic framing to bring solution to what we were seeing in our day-to-day -day experiences in our communities. And so rather than resting in anger and frustration, somewhere in, in between that mix, we found power, we found hope, we found the capability and the capacity to uh, usher in a resolve that would be fruitful for those persons that we are connected with, and that's you all, right, even in, in this very moment. And so um, it, was, it was an idea, you know what I mean? Like, we, I can remember we, we were sitting in our bedroom and looking at stats and just like, okay, there are issues in, in pockets of Hampton Roads, and I'm not even from Hampton Roads, I'm from New York, you know what I mean? But it was just, when we, when we were exposed to what was happening in, in our communities, and we were trying to put our minds together, okay, how can we use our gifts? You know, how can we employ our capacity and our capability to kind of speak to these situations that are native to us? And we had no idea that we, would, no idea we would meet you all. It, it was just a shot in the dark, you know what I mean? And um, now to see it come to fruition and to see all the, the musicality of it, I'm gonna get poetic real quick, because I found that even in the entrepreneurial spaces, you find the music in the silence. That's where the music is at. It's in between all of the, uh, the busyness of your work, your day-to-day -day grind. If you could find ways to have intermittent moments of solitude and Sabbath and you're busy, you're gonna find something very musical. You're gonna find something that's going to be nourishing. And I think that's what I found even in just connecting with my wife and understanding 
that she has a role to play in the division of labor and that, that rhythm and understanding that it's going to require late evenings and it's going to require her calling audibles and me being able to be flexible and, and not get into my ego. Like, woman, you need to be here, you know what I'm saying? And just understanding at this level, if we can make it work at this level, it's hope for the communal level and not to make it solely focused on our relationship as husband and wife, but these things are happening coterminously. Like we just celebrated seven years, you know what I'm saying, of, of making it, you know what I mean? And you know, and not always being rosy, you know what I mean? And dealing with the thorns that come with the budding of a flower and understanding that these things are part and parcel of a, a, a wide range and gamut of experiences that are going to be fruitful and She's looking at me, she give me the eye because she knows that I can, you, you probably shouldn't give me a mic. You probably noticed that by now. But I'm gonna, pa I'm gonna pass this mic to my wife, but I'm, I'm gonna say this, it's, you, when you are securing yourselves, black people, black entrepreneurs, black dreamers, and you no longer need the validation of an external uh, currency, that's when we're gonna find the wealth. That's where we're gonna find the, the real freedom, you understand? when your voice is valuable to you and you don't need you know the affirmation of external agencies to co-sign what is your innate genius and aptitude i love you all i know that you are capable i know that you are adept i know that you are assiduous i know that you have uh, capacity even beyond your own consciousness and that's kind of why we got into black brand that's why we did what we did because it was like how can we get our people to see themselves the way we see them? You know? My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. A savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. You know what I mean? And so I hope that what you experience even in the weekend is just this mirror where you see yourself as the giant, where you see yourself as the majority, you know, where you see yourself as the powerhouses that I know that you are. And I'm gonna pass this to my wife because I can go love you guys. Thank you for this time. What in the world? I love it. It was his words and his poetry for me. It was. <laughs> And like, sometimes they get on my nerves. But if he hadn't been writing poems about black liberation when we met at National Counseling Group during orientation, then we would not have gotten married and we would not have started black brands. Like, our whole relationship has been black brand. So, thank you, babe. Yeah. We're gonna keep this. Can we get like another five more minutes of this? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I just wanna 
speak about some of the challenges that you face to build such a positive and powerful brand. A lot of people love to look at success, but they don't understand some of the challenges and some of the hurdles that you have to cross to, to actually get to this level of success. What would you say would be your most challenging uh, obstacle you had to face while building Black Brand? Big question. I think we might have different, different responses. Um, the first I'd say is internal. Just like who wakes up and decides that they in fact are the Black Chamber of Commerce and are then going to like articulate that as fact without any members, without any money, without a space, right? That was how crazy we were. <laughs> and others in this room that, you know what I mean, saw the vision. That audacity and then the continued audacity when it seemed like it was taking longer than we felt like it should take. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff. Ba da ba ba ba. That's a big one. Having that vision and being able, being willing to keep articulating it before it manifests. Uh, big challenge. Um, I would add to that, it was almost an act of ignorance. And I was sharing with these brothers earlier. Like, if we knew what it would have costed, we probably would not have done it. But ignorance was bliss, and it served us well in that instance because we had, we had this dream. Um, and I'm a very macro person. And so I, I, you know, I see the big picture. And we're complimentary that way because she sees the day-to-day. -day. So she pulls me into reality. I pull her into dream spaces, and we just kind of feed each other that way. Um, but the major challenges, I would say, is understanding that we don't have to demonize our differences. Um, and we don't have to be antagonistic, but we can be complementary, you know what I mean? And there's value in her perspective, and there's value in my perspective, and we can meet at that happy median, and that's where, again, the music and the magic can occur, you know what I mean? Uh, when we're not at each other's throats because we might see things a little differently. Like, uh, what's part and parcel to our survival as a group is that we're not monotonal in our vision and in our capacity to see, uh, but because we are variegated in our ability to envision and to, to dream, then we have options. And options means freedom, freedom means life, and when we're able to get to a space where we can venerate those aspects of ourselves that are different as nourishing pockets of peace and prosperity and of power, I don't think there's uh, any challenge that we can't overcome. These challenges really become channels of um, increasing uh, modes of growth and maturation. And so I, I look at the challenges as seeds. I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna leave it alone. Um, we were, on our, we were on our way back from, where were we? We were at the Nat Turner um, Museum. Um, and uh, that's when Hurricane Matthew hit. And uh, we, were, we had the, either the stupidity or the audacity to go try to honor the ancestors, right? And how is that connected? Well, we lost a vehicle to Hurricane Matthew. Had to total the car. 
the, the monies from the totaling of that car became seed money for black bread. You know what I'm saying? So I remember my wife, she, she poked me, right? She poked me. She said, baby, what you going to do with it? It was $7,500. What you going to do with that? Um, and she, she knew I was in that moment being practical. Well, we need to get to A to B. And she's like, well, I'm thinking A through Z right now. And she told me, like, this money needs to go here. And um, if I would have denigrated her perspective or called her crazy or called her impractical, I would, we wouldn't be here right now. You know what I mean? So. And we went four years without a vehicle behind that? I don't know. Yeah, it's, so, so what I'm saying is this, like, for every harvest, there's a death. When that seed goes into the ground and it sheds its current iteration of itself, then the roots can take, you know, and, and expand, you know, and get the nourishment and the nutrients from the Mother Earth. But if you're not willing to die and to sacrifice and to yield yourself to a process that is uncomfortable and something you don't know, you're not going to get to that space. And I want to see all of y'all get to that space. So you entrepreneurs who are in a, a current place of uncertainty and you feel like it's a gamble and you don't want to risk, we are living proof that even without the current currency, you know, that's manifested tangibly, you have greater value in your capacity and your courageousness and your willingness to step forward anyway and just do it, you know what I mean? Here you go, baby. I mean, there's not much else to say on that. Huh? Hey, Bashir, I love it, Bashir I love it. Y'all so said Bashir got the bars, he does. That is a fact, hey, I love it, I love it. So, I do wanna rap really shortly, but I have to ask you about the B-Force Accelerator, right? So, because that's something that I think is super important, right? You. Not only did you create your own chamber of commerce, but now you've created an actual program to help businesses in the area start to grow and scale. So I'd like to ask, how do you start your own accelerator program and how do you get funding for that to actually start helping these businesses grow? Big question. So I gotta say, um, B-Force Accelerator, five years in the making. We started out Black Brand Business Institute we were trying to figure out, like, how can we create something robust enough? Oh, he's telling us to wrap up. Okay. That could actually certify Black-owned businesses. And how could we afford to pay Black-owned businesses to provide that training to Black-owned businesses? Beating our head against the wall. And I honestly think there was something that changed in the social climate that made it possible from a funding standpoint it gave me the courage to say, you know what? This is a half a million dollar program annually and we deserve it. And I just went forth and kind of started asking for those dollars. You know what I mean? Because I wanted us to be paid to pay black business owners to help black business owners. And that's what we did. So that's the- I love it. We're going to have to get y'all on the actual podcast so we can continue this conversation first. Y'all give it up one time for the founders of the black brand, Mr. Bashiri and Ms. Blair Durham. How I love it. So this is David Bellard, and that's my partner, Jalen Clark. Clark. We are Black Wealth Renaissance. 
and y'all continue to enjoy the night. I look forward to networking with you all. Y'all get a drink, eat some food, and let's have a good time. That's it. Black Diamond Weekend. This is Shaquille O'Neal. Do you ever scream at your printer, call it naughty names, or hurl empty ink cartridges across the room? You likely suffer from cartridge conniptions caused by ink cartridges constantly running out of ink. Thankfully, the Epson EcoTank printer is the perfect cure. It's cartridge-free, conniption-free, prescription-free, with big ink tanks and a ridiculous amount of ink. So you can finally kiss expensive cartridges goodbye. The Epson EcoTank, just fill and chill. Available at Amazon and Best Buy. Health insurance plans come with deductibles and claims processes that are confusing and expensive. CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. Each member gets a personal care advocate and access to thousands of other members ready to help pay for large health expenses. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com code HEALTH. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for health care. Terms and conditions may apply. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut-off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.